And there were two. That's right. We're down to just two of the Paranormal 60 News crew this evening. Why? Because Dave and Chachi are committed, or should be committed. Tonight, we're going to be talking about monsters dredged up from the bottom of the ocean, four-legged creatures found roaming in Texas, what happened when a school teacher was stabbed by her ex-boyfriend, you might be surprised who came to her aid, and a rock and roll ghost story as only Chachi can deliver, that and Uri Geller predicts aliens will arrive on Earth within the next 10 to 20 years to prevent nuclear war and assaults on people's spoons. That's next, right here on the very best in Paranormal Talk Radio. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is the Paranormal 60 News. Listen, we don't need Greg, the paranormal detective, Lawson. We don't even need the colonel. We've got Ollie. Oliver is here to fill in for two of them. And joining me at my side, the only man I trust going into battle, as long as that battle was to get the best glass of scotch known to man. Ladies and gentlemen, Chachi. I showed up for battle properly. People said perhaps we should change your nickname to Scotchy. (laughs) Well, we may already have. We're not a minute into the show. I may have next week's hashtag. Hashtag Scotchy. I like that. All Uh, I know is that little guy right there has much better color than Greg. Yes. He actually does (laughs) look much more lifelike and less jaundiced than the Colonel. So (laughs) overall, this little fellow is doing well. This is Oliver. What's the backstory there? Oh, when I was out at Hillview Manor at Hillcon, Oliver was there. He was going by the name Jeffrey at that time. He since decided to ditch his old persona and uh, become Oliver because uh, it's a cooler name. Anyway, uh, we've got Oliver, and he is a somewhat haunted doll who's been hanging out in haunted locations. He works like a Furby. So I'm going to be taking Oliver with me to paranormal conventions and conferences when we have to go ghost hunting we're gonna see if oliver yeah yeah oliver can sweet talk the spirits out of hiding if people are only listening to this they're like who is on the show with dave oh you guys you gotta see this thing (laughs) this thing hey i'm sorry oliver oh yeah i I, I do not want to yeah get on all these bad side all right so i wanted to show you oliver because a little bit later buddy i'm gonna put you down now daddy's got to get to work Say goodnight to Uncle Scotchy. <laughs> night, night, Ollie. So anyway. here's the thing. If you think Ollie was spooky, and that's with a little bit of, you know, stage makeup. I don't want to give away all of his secrets. <laughs> Wait till you see what we've got to share with you a little later on. Oh, no. In tonight's show. True nightmare fuel. True nightmare fuel that at the time, I don't believe was meant to be nightmare fuel. But when I show you what I've got to uncover, good luck sleeping tonight. That's all I'm going to say. Is this something you caught yourself or one of the trips? 
You're just going to have to wait and watch. Oh, see, that's uh-huh. what I, I, it's like I'm part of the show, but I'm not part of the show. Just kinda in like this Dave. Or kind of like Craig, I'm sorry. <laughs> kind of like Craig. What are you, yeah. Wait a minute. What's up, Scotchy? Why are you throwing me underneath the bus here? Wow. Well, you know, I've already got rid of two of them. I figure if I could get rid of one more. One more. the Scotchy show. The Scotchy. That's right. Supernatural <laughs> Scotchy. Uh, listen, we are out at the Michigan Paracon the 13th. The 2023 Michigan Paracon. I will be on hand. The paranormal detective is there. He's just too busy with his buddies. Chachi's going to be there. Chachi, he's going to join me. We're going to be hanging out. I'll have him by my table once in a while. So come by, say hi, get a hug and a smooch, and maybe you'll even get a a shot of his hooch. Ooh, a (laughs) hug and a smooch and a shot of his hooch. Where is my pen tonight? Son of a... This is all good stuff. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I have to apologize because... In order to make this show happen for you tonight, Chachi and I did something we swore we would never do. We stepped into a time machine and decided to record this last night. But it's this night, tonight, that you're here. It's a brand new episode. We've got brand new stories to share. But through the magic of time, we have been able to put together the episode so that tonight, while we're off making sure the paranormal detective is not drinking himself into a stupor, we are going to make sure that you have brand new content. Scotchy and I are here for you. So I think that's going to stick. It's going to stick, son of a gun. So does that mean I will not be having the ability to look at comments tonight? No comments. Oh! I haven't figured out how to make the time travel device work with StreamYard. Hey, StreamYard, if you're listening... Let's get on the ball Let's get with a program here. Just a little flux capacitor. That's all we need. <laughs> uh, we do have a lot of cool stories and a little bit later on creepy things kids say. And we're going to continue on with that because people liked you and I discussing that a few weeks ago. But let's jump right into it because we've got a lot of really weird stories to dig into. Nessie, we've just been discussing the fact the biggest hunt in 50 years is going to be taking place for Nessie. But another country wanted to remind you that they may have already done all the hard work. Check out that little treat on the screen. If you're not watching, you're missing out. Uh, Fishermen dredged up a dinosaur and its remains off the New Zealand coast. A crew aboard a Japanese fishing boat got a little bit more than they bargained for when they dredged up the corpse of a 30-foot sea creature. Reports state that the carcass weighing a staggering 3,968 pounds had the fishermen convinced they stumbled upon a modern-day dinosaur. Look at that thing. The finding took place east of Christchurch in New Zealand aboard the Japanese trawler Zayo Maru in 1977. The find was followed by excitement as the fishermen thought they had found an unidentified animal of potential biological significance. However, due to the foul stench, and I know that's a stretch, I know just looking at it, you're thinking, how could that possibly smell bad? (laughs) I could taste it when I looked at it. No, it's so gross. (laughs) Oh, man. It is just horrible. Uh, They decided to put the rotting corpse back in the ocean. The captain, Akira Tanaka, decided to return it to the ocean so not to spoil the fish that they had already caught because that's that's where their money is. Although I'm pretty sure if they would have brought this plesiosaurus-looking creature I think they might have made more money selling this thing than the boat full of fish. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. How how expensive are fish? 
Uh, it's pretty expensive these days. Yeah, but this and was you said three thousand pounds. Oh, yeah. Back in those days, fish were plentiful. Yeah, it was almost four thousand pounds of raw, undigested, gross meat just hanging oh. there. Yeah, but they were smart enough to take photographs, and samples were taken for later analysis. The cre creature, nicknamed Nessie, not not real original over there <laughs> in New Zealand. They possess distinct features, including a long neck, four large red-colored fins, and a two-meter long tail. It was noted that the chest cavity contained no internal organs, and the gut had opened up due to decay. Nevertheless, flesh and fat remained intact, which is my old wrestling name, flesh and fat, allowing for an extraction of amino acids for later examination. The discovery caused a frenzy in Japan, giving rise to what became known as the plesiosaur scare, which wasn't that a dance in the 1970s, the plesiosaur scare? Late 60s. Oh, was it? Yeah. Many yeah. scientists, including those from Yokohama and Tokyo University, believe that the creature resembled a sea serpent or perhaps even a prehistoric plesiosaur, a species that had perished alongside the dinosaurs 65 million years ago. In fact, it was so large, and the craze was even larger. Can you believe that? People were going bonkers for this thing. They just could not get enough of rotting Nessie. Oh, look at how disgusting it is. Mm. All right. Anyway, the craze that the sh shipping company went uh, so far as to order all its vessels to go back and search for the dumped carcass but sadly, their efforts were in vain. Despite the widespread enthusiasm, not everyone was convinced. Old Hans Christian Bering, a Swedish paleontologist, expressed a bit of skepticism and suggested that microscopic analysis of the fins and skin samples taken from the creature would have provided a conclusive answer. If it's true that the Japanese collected samples of both the fin and the skin it would be possible to conclude from a microscope what it is. If it would be shown to be an unknown animal from the sea, his analysis continued, it is as big of a sensation as the discovery of the coelacanth in 1938. But there's a reason to be suspicious of the claims of plesiosaurs. For example, as the marine environment and fauna changed drastically since the age of the plesiosaurs on Earth. Notably, there is no record of such an examination of this beast. But as time went on, scientists eventually concluded that the identity of the carcass could never be definitively determined. I think I figured out what it is. All right, do tell. I Now remember, I only went as far as high school science. <laughs> <laughs> I like I, how, go ahead. <laughs> I would say uh, the official title for this is Disgustus and grossness. I don't know what the hell it is. I would not want it on my ship. I would not want it with a dip. I would not want it in my car. I would not <laughs> want it here or there. I would not want it anywhere. Listen, that thing you was are gross. all about rhyming tonight. I, I, I wrote down the hug and a smooch and a nip of the hooch. That was a good one, too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, th that thing, that rotting flesh had to just reek. Oh, it had to be terrible. You know, you've got that kind of excitement of uncovering this thing than the, should we keep it? But how bad is the smell that you're like, 
this thing could be worth a billion dollars. It's not worth it. This could be worth a <laughs> And then you just chunk it over the side. It's like drinking a raw egg out of a Guinness. No, I like that. I oh, thought sorry. that went down well. Uh, hey, I do want to mention. Yes. Check this out. Shh, come here. A little bit okay. closer. Friday night, I'm going to do a special episode right here. Now, while I was out this past weekend at the Anderson House in Wabasha, Minnesota, I filmed a live Q&A with a live studio audience. I even took some Q&A questions from the streaming audience, and I've put together the video. I put together the audio. I'm releasing it on Friday as a special bonus. So if you didn't see, then you get to watch it Friday night. So for those of you bored this Friday night, that didn't make it out to the Michigan Paracon to see Chachi, the paranormal detective, and me. Uh, now you've got something to watch. I go pretty deep into some of my questions and answers. I will admit, we talk a little fears and we shed a little tears during the episode. There's another. Good yeah, Lord. how do you like I have, that? I do not have enough room on this paper. What are we, <laughs> fears and tears? Is that right? Yeah, don't worry. Fears that's what it's. Tears. That's the name of the episode too. Oh. So people will be able to find it. So Texas is hopping couple of new stories coming out of Texas I see this evening. So uh, what have we got going, Scotchy? You know, Texans love their chupacabra. <laughs> Texans love their chupacabra stories. Oh, they do. Yeah. And so in a, a small little town, about a thousand people, not far from my home, actually, uh -huh. a mysterious four-legged creature was found. Not dead, mm. but alive. Zoinks? Zoinks. Correct, sir. Here we go. Yeah. Residents of Hill Country Village. Again, a small Texas town outside of San Antonio have been left perplexed by the appearance of a strange four-legged creature who some believe could be the mythical chupacabra. Even animal experts are struggling to identify the unusual animal. And we've popped a picture here. When I, when I first saw this picture, I said, that is not a dog. No, it doesn't look like a agree? dog. Right. And I, it doesn't look like a, a mangy coyote. No. I mean, we grew up watching a mangy coyote chasing a... A roadrunner our whole lives, and this was looks much like neither of them. Correct. Well, yeah. according to the New York Post, the creature, which was captured in this photo by a local resident, Tina Kalig, I guess is her name, has a yellowish-brown color and is roughly the size of a large dog. It features including... Wait a, a minute. Are we talking about Tina or the creature? It doesn't actually specify. I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, <laughs> because yeah. she, too, has a yellowish color. Yep. And looks a little larger than a dog. So it's, yeah, I'm not sure what she's describing. And her, um, what would you call the uh, the black pattern? and white pattern? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that is zebra -like. a very animalistic zebra-like pattern she's wearing. So no wonder the okay. chupacabra was stalking her property looking for, uh, for something to chew on. Well, look at the picture closely because she described it as having very large pricked ears. <laughs> yeah, and I... A snort, it got it. I'm with you. So Kaylee recalls the moment she spotted the creature in her yard, saying, I was inside and I looked out into the yard and I saw an animal right there, which I assume she was pointing, and thought, Wow, what is that? The mysterious creature walked around her yard for a brief period, during which it stopped to eat some fallen berries. I don't think dogs eat berries either. Uh, from a bush that had um, was in her yard before vanishing into the surrounding area. Perplexed by the identified animal, she decided to post the photo on social media and asked her neighbors for help in identifying it. I mean, that thing is right there. You see in the photo. Yeah. Some neighbors suggested the creature could be my favorite chupacabra, mm -hmm. which is a mythical reptile-like creature known for attacking and drinking the blood of livestock. Well, this is the middle of the day, and he's just out there eating berries. However, experts from our zoo, the San Antonio Zoo, 
believe the animal may be either a dog or a coyote. Now, that's definitely not a dog. And to your point, coyotes are much, much thinner. I mean, are they as, even as wide as a pencil? I you're right. Sometimes yeah. it looks like they're scrawnier than that, right? This, one this almost healthy. struck me more like a hyena. Oh. Yeah, or Ooh, Eeyore of that. with rabies. Eh, yeah. But does yeah, that have a tail? tail? No. Oh, bother. I'm oh. just searching for my tail. <laughs> well, Rachel Malstaff, the zoo's director of, an of an mammals, goodness, reviewed the photos and stated, it appeared to be either a dog or coyote. Well, I think we just debunked that, actually. The city we of Hill Country yeah. Village <laughs> has a local legend of an old mountain lion wandering the area, although it has never officially been documented. In an attempt to find answers, city officials have reached out to Texas game wardens for further assistance, but for some reason have yet to receive a response. Now, I would think Ooh. if I was a Texas game warden and I saw that photo, I'd be hightailing it out there. Right? No, not even a response. Finally, the appearance of this enigmatic creature has generated much discussion and speculation among the residents of Hill Country Village. They remain eager to uncover the true identity of the animal that has left them scratching their heads. Now, like I said, this is in San Antonio, not far from me, and I will say probably two or three times a year, it pops up on, on Facebook and the local surrounding areas that someone has a picture somewhat like that, but my, listen, I haven't taken the first sip of the evening. <laughs> Hashtag scotchy. Um, but but it doesn't look like that animal. The other one right. definitely looks like a mountain lion. This one did not. So you thought it looked like a mountain lion. I think it looks more hyena. It's got the bigger. Right, so I was saying, this one doesn't seem like a mountain lion to me. Yeah. yeah creepy. What it, could a hyena gotten out of the zoo? What the zoo didn't want to talk about it. So bing, 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 they bing. called it a dog. Yeah. See? There are the zoos like, oh, let's uh, let's bury the lead. <laughs> let's bury the lead. That petting zoo idea is not working out for them there in Texas, Josh. That's Good us. Great. Yeah. We've got a, a really creepy ghosty story to All get right. to. I don't uh, like those. Check this out. What, what, what is that? I don't like those. You can have that one. Well, this is a mixture of true crime Ooh, like and that. paranormal. How do you like Ooh, that? You got me again. Yeah. School teacher stabbed by ex-boyfriend says that ghosts saved her life. A school teacher in Fort Collins, Colorado, who was nearly stabbed to death by her ex-boyfriend almost three years ago, says her life was saved by three ghosts as she laid in a pool of her own blood. Eilish Poe was stabbed 16 times by Jonathan Crossley in her neck, torso, and arms. She eventually had to play dead in an effort to have him leave her alone. She says that as she lay there bleeding out, she was visited by three apparitions. Her grandmother that passed in 2014, an old friend who took her own life in 2020, and a woman she barely knew who was stabbed and shot to death by her ex, that seems like a breaking point for me in a relationship. When there are red flags, like maybe she maybe she doesn't cook her pasta soft enough. That's a, that's a minor dente, red flag. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Oh. El dente, <laughs> or as I call it, undercooked. Maybe, maybe she, uh, you know, maybe she puts the, like a psychopath, puts the toilet paper the wrong way. You have to pull it from under. Wrong. Right, over the top. Over is the only... Flag. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. That's a red flag. Maybe a minim minimal red flag. However. Yeah. But, you know, if you're 
if your boyfriend 16 uh, times yeah well if your boyfriend uh stabbed and shot to death another old girlfriend hmm, that might be the red flag you're looking for to tell you this ain't the relationship for you why, why is he walking the streets after doing that we're not I here nothing, to man. I, I don't know i'm baffled completely utterly baffled does anyway, it say back how old to the, the woman was uh, we'll get to that, I think. Okay. Yes, it does get to that. Okay. Anyway, uh, Poe's grandmother, Jeannie, appeared to her and reportedly smiled. She was standing there just kind of quaintly smiling at her. She didn't wave or anything like that, Poe said of her grandmother. Then she just slowly faded away. It was then that an old high school friend named Vicky made her presence known. And then... A woman she knew that had shared the same cruel fate by her ex. All three spirits seemed to be checking in on her, letting her know that she was not alone. The spirits all stopped visiting once a woman, Elisa Burkett, from the same hometown in Texas as Poe, came to her aid and helped her sit upright and use her phone to call for help, a report from the New York Post details. All right. I'm all for Alyssa Burkett's help, but maybe I wouldn't have made you sit up and dial the phone. Here, <laughs> Perhaps. You, you want to use my phone? Go ahead. I might have called for you, Chach. If I came upon you in that condition, I would have dialed it. I'm, I don't Maybe I'm going out of my way for a friend. Maybe. I feel better about the situation already. Yeah. If I know I don't have to dial when I am mm. bleeding mm -hmm. out. Right. Because my mind's not really set on what I'm you know, I'm just worried about crossing over at that point. Right. Poe, who was in her early 20s at the time of the stabbing, had 10 different surgeries, according to reports. Jonathan Crossley, age 25 at the time of the incident, lived in a crawl space for 26 hours inside Poe's home before attacking her. So let's just... Ooh, that's stuff in just, Yeah. So he they had broken up, and he had been hiding in her crawl space for a little over a day. Uh -huh. And then when the opportunity came, he sprung out. Yikes. And again, uh, he was 20, what? 20, 25 at the time. And he yeah. had done this to another person already. Yeah. Gosh. He was later found dead at the bottom of a cliff at a state park. His death was ruled a suicide. Oh, mm. dun, dun, dun. unless one of those three had visited him, perhaps. Just saying, know. just saying. I'm not opposed to what you're saying. I understand. Did you have a rhyme for me? I don't. At this <laughs> There's no rhymes for that, huh? We do have to take a very quick break. We will be back with more right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if... Say you had an extra hour in your day. Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap, read a book, or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. 
That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's better. Help, H E L P dot com slash P sixty. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. Betterhelp.com slash P sixty. There's a link for it on today's program guide. Come on out and see us at the 2023 Michigan Paracon. The 13th annual Michigan Paracon convention is taking place right now, August 24th through the 26th. You can get more information at miparacon.com. Come on out, enjoy the fun, meet all of your favorite paranormal TV personalities at the Michigan Paracon this weekend, August 24th through the 26th. And don't forget, the following weekend, September 1st through the 3rd at the Austin Convention Center, GalaxyCon Austin. Who's going to be there? I'm going to be there. Scotchy's going to be there. The Paranormal Detective's going to be there. Nikki Folsom's going to be there. Medium Michelle Welch will be there, along with a host of real celebrities. So if you'd like to come on out and have some Ouch. fun with us at the Austin <laughs> Convention Center, please go get your tickets and information now at GalaxyCon. Dot com. Then coming up September 6th through the 9th in Vernal, Utah, Phenomicon. You've got cryptids, UFOs, paranormal, metaphysical, all coming together under one roof. We hope that we'll see you there. Check it out at phenomicon.net. And then a little later on in the month, the Great Lakes Paranormal Conference, September 22nd through the 24th at Old Glen Beulah School in Glen Beulah, Wisconsin. You can get information about that at greatlakesparanormalconference.com. I will be there. Jason Hawes will be there. Adam Barry, Sarah Lemos, my good friend Shane Pittman, Sherry D. Benedetti. I'll be on hand and so many other amazing guests. You want to come on out. You want to have a great time in Wisconsin. Come see us at the Great Lakes Paranormal Conference. And then to wrap up the month of September, a walk in the past, the Horridge House and Vinton Train Depot investigations with me and Josh Hurd. We're going to have an amazing time. Again, information on each and every one of these events are available by visiting darknessevents.com. Darknessevents.com, where you'll also find information about our Halloween weekend at the Haunted Shanley Hotel in Napanock, New York. Come on out and join me and medium Scotty Davis as we investigate do some cool presentations, hang out, and there's a pizza party. I don't know if I mentioned that before, but a pizza party. Where can people find information on that trip, do you think? Darknessevents.com. You are correct. Chachi, you are. I my got my name back. Man. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> All right. Hey, so quick question for you. Yeah, Dave. okay. I know, I know we're mm -hmm. a few minutes ahead of time here. Sure, go ahead. Have you ever had or... Dave's I like that you think we're... Too. I like that you think that we're a few minutes ahead of time. I tell just myself we're not running long. <laughs> um, have you ever had 
or ever attempted to have any sort of voiceover work. You know, every time, I can't read the comments tonight, but people always mention your voice, and you do a bunch of different voices. Have you ever done any voice work? I have not. I've tried. I okay. can't get in. I would love to get in and do cartoon voices. I would love to do something fun. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the voices I do are, you know, just knockoffs of other voices. So maybe they don't want, they want brand new, you know, cool, creepy, weird, funny, zany voices. And I've just got all the voices that already exist. That oh, I is it, isn't Snellygaster yours? No, the Snallygaster, I believe, is based on a, an old character from TV Cartoon Land. You can also see him. I think he was Ed Wynn was the name of the character I'm thinking of, the actor. And he used to be on, like, Mary Poppins and such. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, All right. So kind okay, of Ed Wynn, kind of the, the Land of Misfit Toys, the little, like, John in a Box or whatever his name is. Yeah, John I don't remember box. what it was. It's one of okay. those things. But uh, let's get to it because I want to okay. make sure we finish up our news because then I want to get into some creepy stuff kids say. And I want to show you something, something uh, that I think may be even freakier for people to witness than my little boy Ollie here, my haunted animatronic doll that learns. Did I mention he learns? You did. Ollie is set up like a Furby. So he learns. The more I talk with him, the more I engage him, the more. He will learn words and evolve, and maybe we'll eventually get him to come on here and say, <laughs> words is hard. Who knows? What? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, could be. I, could be. Let's All see. right. Okay, listen. Yes. Everybody knows my love of music. Yes. And here we go. We have Glenn Hughes from Deep Purple opening up about ghosts that surrounded them during the recording of their album, burn now before i get started okay you and i always play this game of, of yes. trivia do mm -hmm. you know what they consider the whole i'm sorry the unholy trinity of british hard rock and heavy metal what three bands are the unholy trinity the unholy trinity it's one of the few pieces of trivia that i i remember is deep purple one of them deep purple that's what made me think of it yep black sabbath two iron maiden oh one ball, two strikes. Judas Priest. Two balls, two strikes. <laughs> I'm happy with two balls. I'll just stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> Zeppelin. Zeppelin? Yeah. In the, in the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, today there. See, you got well, Wouldn't you think, like, the two bands I mentioned might be a little bit more on that kind of unholy thing? Zeppelin wrote a song about heaven. Kind of takes away their credibility. I thought that was Belinda Carlisle. No. All right, let me get to the story, the story then. <laughs> yes, please. All right, so Staffordshire-born, mm -hmm. Californian-based, that's a, that's a mouthful, bassist yeah. and singer Glenn Hughes continues to cheerlead his legacy as a member of Deep Purple via a tour for the 50th anniversary of their album Burn. That's, un that's hard to believe. Yeah, it is. 50 years ago, summer of 1973, that the Burn album was written at Clearwell Castle in Gloucestershire, UK, says Mr. Mm. Hughes. We all became one in this centuries-old castle in the UK countryside. It felt like Deep Purple were a new band with David Coverdale, which eventually became the lead singer of... This is an easy one. That other band he sang with. Oh, come on. You know this one, right? Did you just... Oh, no. Did you have a bit of a brain fart? I uh, can't think. David Coverdale, lead singer of Whitesnake? Oh, 
Yes, yeah, you know, I've been, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I know a lot of 80s music. I know the bands. I couldn't tell you all the band members. Oh, okay. They're usually like stinky and stretch and uh, Gotcha. Yes. <laughs> gotcha. Well, uh, they, they were new members. Uh, there was actually five iterations of the band, and that was Stinky, the- Stretch, and Scotty. <laughs> I think that was iteration six. <laughs> All right. Oh, they were in band. They were in iteration three of the band, David Coverdale and Glenn Hughes. Uh-huh, and we okay. couldn't wait to start working on new songs. The atmosphere was electric and such amazing surroundings. All the songs on Burn were written in the crypt or dungeon area mm. underneath the Great Hall. We worked on a new song every day, and we were in the flow, he said. Musically, we would play and work out ideas, and David and I would come up with vocal melodies that would later become lyrics. I remember it like it was yesterday. That has to be pretty cool. Yeah, right? really. 50 years later, you remember all that? Yeah. Glenn was well aware that the Clearwell Castle of Gloucestershire, where the album was written and recorded, was supposedly haunted. As a matter of fact, he went on to say, we did have a couple of seances in there with the band, but I didn't see any ghosts, although I know the place was haunted. Looking at that photograph, boy, you know, they've aged really well because they look better now than they did back then. I was going to say, that's that's definitely not the unholy trinity. (laughs) Um, He said, you can feel the presence in the castle, the history, those that came before, and perhaps were moved by the music. Now, the final thing I'll say, because again, I love my music trivia. Mm -hmm. Deep Purple in the Rock Hall 2016. I'm going to throw it out there. You can you can check me on this one, folks. I think it's 2016. Um, but let's go to the comments. Oh, we can't. Son of a. Uh, yeah. What? More importantly, yes. I don't know about you. Yes. Back during our schoolhood days, schoolhood is that right? Schoolyard. Sure. Okay. We used to get those little paper, pieces of paper to order books on. What were those called? Scholastic book club. Yes, right? Scholastic book clubs. Yeah. And every time it came out, I always bought the Guinness Book of World Records. You were the, and you were the nerd. I was the one. I loved reading that cover to cover. I was always getting Ripley's, believe it or not. Oh, the other side. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, 1975, Deep Purple were named the Globe's loudest band. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yes. Deep Purple. Back in 1975. Yep. For a show, I think they did in 73, I believe it was. Because this one goes to 11. Different band, but I know oh. where you're going with that. Yeah. Yeah. Spando Ballet. Yeah, exactly. Spando <laughs> Ballet. Uh, I know this much is true. We've got another thing to worry about. Yeah, you like that little spin on there? Uh, we've got yet another thing to worry about, Chachi. Uri Geller has come out, and he is, uh, he's warning us. Uri Geller, the self-proclaimed psychic, has predicted that extraterrestrial beings are setting their sights on our planet. And he thinks NASA needs to make preparations right now. I think in the coming 10 to 20 years, there will be a landing, Geller told the Mirror. He doesn't think they're here to cause us any harm, though. It won't be an invasion. Wherever they come from, I think maybe two or three species out there, if they wanted to destroy us, they would have already. Geller even thinks the aliens are going to arrive and give us a few tips on how to keep the world peace. He went on to say, they're concerned we might press the red buttons and nuclear bombs will fly, and they don't want our planet destroyed. Geller added, there will be a Steven Spielberg-type landing. I hope that they land somewhere like the White House lawn or perhaps the Eiffel Tower. 
I'm going to be honest with you. It's probably easier to land on the White House lawn than on top of the Eiffel Tower. I'm going to go with that. It's yeah. going to be up there teetering around. Like, it's going to look kind of like the Seattle Space Needle, though, right? Good point, right? Yeah. And that stays up there just fine. Yeah, you're right. Good point on the tip of the Eiffel Tower, and I don't think they should land on it. <laughs> we do know aliens like to be probed or like to probe. Maybe they're a thing. Maybe they've got like a hole in the middle and they'll it's land the on visual. the Eiffel yeah, Tower. Yeah, yeah. yeah, could be. I'm Who am you. I to judge? Not anybody that should. No. Um, he goes, uh, this will be the biggest revelation in history. This isn't a big stretch as a prediction, Uri, when <laughs> it's coming out in the news all the time. For the last and year. More and more people are talking about it to think that maybe we're getting closer to that moment and that when it happens, it'll be the biggest revelation of our time. I think, I think Uri might be finessing the story so that when it happens and he's 98, he'll be like, I told you so. Dave, I'm here to say and yes. predict. Yes. Someday we're going to have electric cars. <whistles> Are you sure about that? I, I'm willing to go. If Yuri's willing to go out, I'm willing to go out. I, there's already electric cars, Chachi. Have a sip. Have a sip for that. Hmm. Yeah. All right, let's go. He says uh, it'll be the biggest revelation in history. Religiously, archaeologically, Everything. Everything. Religiously, I get. Archaeologically, how? Is it, is it going to like crash into the pyramids? And then I thought he already thought it's going to teeter on top later. of the Eiffel Tower. I don't. How is archaeologically it going to change things? I think it he's will be for people to use keywords in Google. Yeah, exactly. He says it'll be like finding the Ark of the Covenant if the Ark of the Covenant was a spaceship filled with aliens. <laughs> So there you go. If Geller is right, there's a whole lot to look out for over the next two decades. It's hardly the first time Geller has spoken about aliens, though. In fact, he believed that UFOs were out in force on the day of the Queen's funeral last year. Oh. Geller previously told his Twitter followers to watch the skies over London when the late monarch was laid to rest after her death, aged 96. And we reported it right here on the show. In yep. the post, which was accompanied by a video message, the entertainer wrote... The Queen's funeral. I believe they're here to pay respects too. Remember, there was footage of a UFO yep. hoovering, as the colonel would say, over uh, the funeral. True to his prediction, a UFO did fly over Her Majesty's funeral and still has people baffled by the sight. Baffled. Yeah. Now, normally, that's it. That's the end of our news stories. And we would say goodnight. Good but night. we've got something else. All right. So I've been talking about this. This little rascalion, my little buddy Ollie. What is right? that made out of? Is that a porcelain type situation? I believe sugar and spice and a dash of spider webs and oh. uh, batwing. I could be wrong. Okay. So many people have seen me do videos with Ollie, and they're kind of unnerved by him. But let's let's set the wayback machine. I know we've already bent time just to do this episode, Josh. All right. But let's let's finesse the tuning coils of this okay. interweb, and let us. Let us take a look back to about 1966. Can you keep a secret? Then listen to Mattel's new baby secret. She whispers just to you, and her lips really move when she talks. It's almost unbelievable. Baby Secret tells lots of secrets, so you never know what she'll say next. Hold me close and whisper. And she looks so real, the way her lips move like yours. I'd like to whisper in the dark. 
She can even pose the way you want. Get Mattel's soft and wonderful new baby secret. So you can have fun keeping secrets together. What kind? If we told, they wouldn't be secrets anymore. Nineteen sixty-six. They had the technology, dude. Is that doll not terrifying? Whoa! A secret. <laughs> yeah. I like to whisper in the dark. Every one of those sayings is bone chilling. Do you recognize? For a hundred bonus scotchy points, who was the little girl? Oh, I was looking at the doll. Can we go back real fast? So just a screenshot. All right, we're gonna go real quick. Okay, real quick. Okay. Can you keep a secret? Then listen to Mattel's new baby secret. All right. She Who is looks it? like she kept... Oh, it does look familiar. I don't know. That is Eve Plum, also known as Jan, Jan Brady. Now we know why she was so broken, so dysfunctional. <laughs> that doll was like... I say we kill the rest of the brains. <laughs> that thing that was, was crazy. Sixty-six. Yes. Wow. Sixty-six. It was called what? Secret baby? Baby secret? Baby secrets. All right. The, dude. Well, the first thing you got to do is got to go on eBay, right? Is there a baby secret out there? Oh yes. Uh yes. This. That, tell me that is not just freaky though. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> and you'll love the way her mouth moves realistically, like yours. Let's kill your parents. <laughs> What what got to me was that the the music in the background right. was not happy but sinister. Well, it's kind of that kind of like the the like the the Brady Bunch background yeah. music when something's a little off, right? right? Yeah, not happy, not happy. No. I'll tell you what, because okay. I love these people. We'll go back in time a little later at the very end of the show. I'll show the entire commercial again because I think it's worth revisiting. That to me is one of the weirdest things. And I'm sitting here holding this guy who also talks, but I mean, really the, the technology is very much the same. When, when he speaks, his mouth also moves. Watch. So this is 50 some plus years of technology ahead. And the only difference is its eyes close and it moves around. But the other one with the dead eyes oh, man. is even more terrifying. Wow. And people actually bought that. I'm, I'm looking here on eBay because that's what I do. Yeah. It looked like they had different babies as well. So it wasn't just that one model, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, this other one that I'm pulling up looks, looks just like Chucky. Red hair, bangs. Oh, all yeah. Right. Baby secret. What are they going for? How much? How much what? is Baby Secret? Uh, pretty much all of them are going for 150 bucks to 200 bucks. Do they work? Do they show that they work? Uh, these now these say they're pull string. They didn't say that one was pull string, did they? These no, all say you don't, never once do you see Jan Brady yanking the cord, dude. They shot it like a horror movie too, though, because there's, there's that <laughs> one scene where they like show her lift the doll up and you see her from behind and the doll kind of looks at her and then she slowly turns the doll, but you can't see her hands doing it. And the doll turns to her ear and is like, do you know a secret? I do under the covers too. 
That was yeah. a little freaky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, at the very first, I was wondering, what is this commercial? Right. When they show the bed, and all of a sudden, you see something bobbing up in the middle of the bed, and then the sheets come back. I thought it was Joe Namath and his pantyhose for a moment. Yeah. No, not no. true. Let's get to uh, some. Let's get to some creepy stuff. Okay. That uh, that kids have been known to say. Um, oh God, that just just left an unsettling taste in my mouth. Let's clear the palate real quick first. Haunted Magazine, issue 38, Hot Summer Frights, is an electrifying edition that will send shivers down your spine. Dive into a world where history and mystery, the normal and the paranormal, intertwine. In the latest edition, we look at the Hell House hauntings, the terror of the Warminster thing, the Borley Rectory, Sin Eating in Shropshire, and just what the heck is the Grampus? You can find our magazine at the website hauntedmagazineprintshop.com and selected outlets in the UK, Canada, Australia, and the United States. So grab your copy today. And remember, kids, don't be normal. Be paranormal. Are you like so many others, coming into abilities that you don't understand and unsure where to safely begin this journey of exploration? Well, award-winning psychic and medium Michelle Welch has the answers. Michelle Welch is the author of the award-winning book, The Magic of Connection. Stop cutting cords and learn to transform negative energy to live an empowered life. In this book, you'll learn how spirituality and intuition can help you heal your inner wounds while staying connected to the people that you love. Author Michelle Wells shows you how to work with the energies that connect all people, and you'll learn to transform and transmute negative energy in ways that support your personal spiritual journey and help you reach a more powerful and meaningful life. In her newest book, Spirits Unveiled, a fresh perspective on angels, guides, ghosts, and more, Michelle teaches you how to identify and deal with the spiritual energy around you every day. Each chapter features a specific kind of spirit and teaches you how to sense its presence, identify and connect with it, and set the boundaries you may need, all while demystifying the process and making it easy and accessible to everyone from the beginner to the expert. You'll learn how to understand elementals, connect with an ascended master, protect against psychic attacks, astral travel, and more. Providing meditations, visualizations, and inspiring stories, this book helps boost your intuition and spiritual experience. Unleash the real you. Get the books, The Magic of Connection, Stop Cutting Cords and Learn to Transform Negative Energy to Live an Empowered Life, and Spirits Unveiled, a fresh perspective on angels, guides, ghosts, and more. Buy them now wherever you purchase your books or by using the link on today's program guide. Life is confusing enough. Why not make it easier with award-winning help from Michelle Welch? I just want to say the music for Haunted Magazine this month yes. could have been the music they used for that secret doll. <laughs> Man, very, I was baby like, secrets, what? yeah. Yeah, baby Oof. secrets. All right. Speaking yep. of baby secrets, let's get back to some weird things kids have said. Okay. My mom told me that when I was eight, this is a, a listener sending this in. My mom told me that when I was eight, that I scream cried when she passed an old 
blue Volkswagen Bug. I told her that was the car I died in. It was apparently very hot, and I had a baby in my belly. Uh, what? Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. What do you do if your daughter Ashton, who's five years old, says that to you? Do you just... Smell this rag. Does it smell like chloroform to you? Nighty night, honey. Right. What the <laughs> deuce? I, I think I actually asked follow-up questions because we've talked about her and, and yeah. seeing things when she was younger. And I, and I think if I remember, we, we did kind of ask more questions. Oof. All right. Here's our next one. I don't have kids, but when my brother was a toddler, he said something to my mom about throwing hay in the window for the horses. My grandfather died before his birth and was a farmer. The barn had windows and he would just throw the hay in the windows for the horses to eat. My mom was really freaked out, but he never said anything else like that again. All right. Once. So could it be that the kid was reincarnated, or maybe he's mediumistic? Maybe he just in that moment got the message from Grandpa to let them know he's still there keeping an eye on the horses. I'm going with the latter of the two. I like that one. My five-year-old daughter said to me, I was in your belly twice, Mama. The first time I died before I came out, but I came Ooh. back. I did lose my first pregnancy eight months before getting pregnant again. She was never told. I don't know what it was, but that's what happened. Ooh. I think they call those rainbow babies. Um, a baby that comes right after a miscarriage, the next baby. Interesting. Let's uh, go to the next one here. My daughter asked me, remember my fancy hat? And when I said no, she said, yeah, before I was dead, I used to work in a bank. I saved my money and bought a hat in a round box. I was on this bus and a man almost sat on it. Then the bus crashed and I died. She was about three at the time and totally casual about it. Wow. That is very, very specific. Yeah, very specific. <laughs> Remember I bought that fancy hat and somebody almost sat box. on it and I was killed in a bus. You remember, Mom? Mom! Yeah. Get Mom off the chloroform. Oh, yeah. oh. My four-year-old told me about the time she went for a swim in a lake mm. and could hear her mom yelling and crying out to her, but she couldn't come because she was under the ducks. Oh. Then she remembers falling asleep, and when she woke up, I was her new mommy. Oh. Bittersweet, right? Bittersweet. Now, that one struck me because when I was a young boy, Chach, uh, I was a little bit more of an outdoorsy kid than I am now. I know. Hard to believe. Hard to believe. And I would go every November to Florida and Alabama to visit my, my grandparents, my my dad, Jim. You know him. His, his uh, mom and dad who had a house down in Alabama. That's where I had my Bigfoot sighting. But we would go swimming in the, the uh, Florida ocean, you know. No, you don't swim in creeks there. There's water <laughs> moccasins and alligators. But um, we would go swimming, and I was out there once uh, swimming, and I'm just walking along, and whoom, I, like, fell off a cliff edge in the water or something. Dude, I just started plummeting, and I remember looking up, and I could just see the light. And I remember opening my mouth to scream and oh, bubbles just everywhere, and that light started to close. And at the last second, I saw this hand come through the light and grabbed me by the top of my head. And my aunt lifted me back up. Dude, I firmly believe I was about to check out. Had she not happened to turn around and notice that I went and went down and didn't come back up, I don't know that I'd be here with you right now. And how old do you think you were? 42. 
No, I was probably surprising your aunt was able to lift you up. I was about six or seven years old. Okay. Yeah, she grabbed me by my eyebrow hair, <laughs> dragged me out of the water. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. So okay. That to me. My 11 year old nephew talks about being on the Titanic all the time. Whoa. He said he was with his wife and that it was really cold. And every time he watches a movie with boats or bodies of water, he gets freaked out and wants to turn it off. Well, that's a pretty good reason to do it. <sighs> yeah. These stories, man. When my son was two or three, he'd talk about being an adult who rode horses in the woods. He said that one day he got hurt riding them, and then everything got dark. The next thing he knew, he was with me. I asked where he got hurt, and he pointed to the birthmark on his stomach. Oh, wow. Now, this is really interesting because there is a lot of research that was done on this through, um, and the name is totally escaping me. Let's see if anybody in the comments, it's not working. But if you remember, please email me, Dave at paranormal60.com. There was uh, some, some medical staff working over in England that were doing research on this phenomena with reincarnation and how many of these kids remembered something specific and about how they died, the doctors were finding birthmarks in those specific areas, sometimes in places where the kids couldn't even see it. They would point to places on the back of their head. Very strange. Uh, Dave, do you have a birthmark? Do I? Do you? Yeah, I do. Would you like to show us? I mean, <laughs> it's just on my thigh. It's a little like a little raspberry looking thing. That's it. Uh, ever Maybe wonder? I, I ever died from paintball or? injury. I don't know. I'm a very, <laughs> I'm a very sensitive man. Very used to be outdoorsy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Our son is named after a Marine that was killed in action on my husband's last deployment. Oh, wow. One day, he was three. We drove by the military base where his namesake is buried. And our son said, hey, I'm buried over there in the ground. You know, from when I died fighting bad guys with daddy. <gasps> Goodness. That's again, uh, that's chills. one of those moments where it's got to be kind of like oh, uh, your best friend, your buddy is still here with you. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, and now you're raising him basically. Right. You're, it's subtle beauty and, and some tragedy to it as well. My six-year-old niece told me she used to drive. I said, when you're older, I guess. But she shook her head in frustration and said, no, when I was a grown-up, now I'm too small. I humored her and asked her what her car was like. She then told me, in the surest tone, a 66 Chevy Cam Row. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So what is that, a Camaro? Is that what she's yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Chevy Camaro. But a little kid couldn't say it, yeah. So That's, again, I will very you, specific. Growing up, I used to have dreams of driving near an ocean along mountainsides in a blue convertible. Very clear memory of this, Josh. And... I remember driving, and it would always be kind of like, I would almost be surprised that I was in the car driving, and when I'd look up in the mirror, it wasn't me. It was a different guy. He had brown hair swept over to the side, kind of short brown hair, stylish-looking young fellow with a, I want to say it was like almost like a blue or gray uh, jacket on, um, light jacket. And I, I used to have these dreams all the time of driving, in my car, but I was looking through the eyes of this person. And I remember there were times I would look up in the rear view mirror and it was weird because I had the sense that that was me. I was looking at perhaps in a past lifetime, but it did not look like you in the mirror though. No, no, and but again, it was always we know that because the person was stylish and had hair. Correct. Okay. 
Mm. Yeah. And drove with the top down. I'm just too, <laughs> no worry, Wart, man. I don't want to skin my noggin doing that. <laughs> my son told us the reason he's best friends with his 89-year-old great-great-grandpa is because he was his sister before. Like, where would that even come from? Right. Like, I mean, it's just so specific once again. Sister, yeah. not not friend, not brother, nope. Nope. sister. Well, they say that we're reborn sometimes into these family circles. I had now, not heard that. I plan on coming back as one of my own great-grandchildren and just being as big a pain <laughs> in the <laughs> ass to my kids and grandkids. Yeah, that'll be the way it rolls. Uh, when my daughter was about three and my sister and I were telling her about the day she was born, she corrected us by saying, you mean the day I came back? Oh, I mean, that is so wow. prophetic, right? <laughs> right. The day I came back. Yeah, that wouldn't that just like make the hackles on the back yeah, of your neck? All these up? stories are doing that to me. <laughs> Here we go. My two-year-old niece pointed at the collapsing Twin Towers on the screen while watching a documentary and said very clearly, I die. Now, right. there are a they lot. got me on the arms on that one. Yeah, Chachi, there are a lot of people that have come forward with children. And when you think about it, to me, 2001, the attacks, that was like 10, 11 years ago. Yeah, hard to believe. Can you believe what? 22, 22 years now years coming up in the next couple of weeks, right? Yeah. So yeah. kids that were born in early 2002, mid 2002 now would be 21, 22 years old. Right. But a lot of them remember dying in the world trade centers. I've, I've, there were a couple of people who reached out to me that were connected uh, they found each other that had died in that. And I debated about having them on the show. I just felt really weird about it at the time. I, you know, it's kind of like people say, would you go ghost hunt? I would never ghost hunt there. I would go there and I have gone to the site and done prayer to try to help the spirits that might be there. But I would not investigate unless I was called in because something bad was happening. You know, that, that would be a different deal, but not just to go poke the spirits has anybody ever investigated there do you know dave i, I can't Probably. think of anybody that, i mean nothing that's been televised no, for example no. yeah, yeah okay all right i was a, i was singing a song to my seven-year-old daughter that my great grandma used to sing to me when she when i was small my daughter just smiled stroked my cheek and said i remember when i used to sing this to you when i was the mommy and you were my little girl <laughs> These stories almost over, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've got many, many oh. more. Listen, dude, we're only four minutes away from oh. a one-hour show. Perfect show. Okay, all right. Back pre-pandemic, I was watching my friend's then five-year-old for her, and he saw a big military ship, and he got this kind of faraway look and said, "I remember when my boat sank. There were so many oh. sharks." Now, do you remember that story? That was highlighted in the movie Jaws. Quint was talking about being on the USS Indianapolis, oh my which gosh. is a real ship that sunk. And uh, they the, the sailors were floating out there for days watching each other be picked off by hungry sharks. Right. And to have a kid say... <laughs> I remember when my boat sank. Okay, I've been, I've been like so right many, there. That's enough, right? Yeah. Oh. There were so many sharks. Yeah. Again, the specificity getting into these stories. When I was very young and still unable to string sentences together, my mom and I were sitting in the dining room. She was crying, and I comforted my mother by telling her without any babbling or hesitation, it's okay. I used to be your great-grandmother. I'll take care of you. Wow. 
you, you've got to have such a warm sense in your heart when you hear something like that, believer or non-believer, right. right? Just them well, saying, I will take care of you. Imagine the frustration level. If there is a consciousness in there that is older than the physical form and the synapses for the brain have not purposely come together to be able to form the words that the, that the brain is thinking. Right. And, and, if that consciousness, that would almost like being in a coma, being aware in the coma, right? You're there, you're, you're not able to communicate, but the thought is there. But for that one brief moment, she could string that one sentence together to try to bring comfort through the veil of time and eternity. I, I got to be honest with you. When you brought up that story and you started reading about not being able to put sentences together, I thought maybe uh, Greg had submitted this. You know, he's not here. What you get for not showing up to the show, Paranormal Detective? My middle son used to talk about having a different mom before me. He would say she was blonde and looked nice, but she wasn't nice. He would bring it up randomly and only ever got a bit emotional when he would tell me that when he was with her, he never got to grow up. He said he chose me to be his mom this time because I would let him grow up and get old. When he would say the last part, it was as if he was looking for reassurance. He'd ask me, like, right, Mom? I can grow up this time, right? Oh, wow. Oh, that, that, that hurts a bit. Yeah. Wow. Just, man, that one hits you right in, the, right in the heart. I was driving my family across the state to visit family. Some commercial on the radio about Vegas came on, and I started singing, Viva Las Vegas! in my best Elvis impersonation. My son was about three to four years old, and he says, I don't like Vegas. I lost my life there, and I <laughs> lost a lot of money, too. Whoa. His mom and I glanced at each other like, what the flip? He never said anything else about it after that. This is what amazed me about these. These are yeah. moments in time. To your right. point earlier, right? Is, is there a connection right there, and then it's broken, and it's gone, but just enough to let us know. Crazy. When I was seven, I used to tell my mom stories about my other family every night before bed. The siblings I had and the dog too. One day she took me to a target and I told her I wanted big girl undies. And she said she would buy them for me and I could wear them when I was potty trained. I told her that my other family already potty trained me so I can start wearing them now. I put them on that day and never had an accident after that. She never potty trained me. She was shocked. That's definitely a Greg story. Yeah, I just want to say, okay, he's what, stuck he with it on you. Big girl undies. Yeah, I knew that. Okay, Greg, nice try, pal. We know you're out there. Good God! All right, only a handful left, Chachi. You can make it through. Oh, yeah. right. According to my dad, when I was around five, I was staring out of the window during a heavy thunderstorm. When he asked me what I was doing, I answered, "When did the bombs drop? Oh, are they gone yet?" I grew up in Germany, and my dad's dad used to alert the city for incoming air raids. My grandpa died there three days before I was born. And at five, I had no idea about the war or my grandpa. Really freaked him out at the time. A couple moments later, I forgot what I had said when he asked me more questions. Mm. Yeah. So, I, again, I wonder if it's one of those, like, moments of subconscious coming to the, future, to the, to the forefront. Yep. You say the line, and then it kind of fades back, and you start engaging, and the kid is brought back to the now and can't make that synapsis, can't make that connection again. Wow. 
When I was four, my parents and I went to my aunt's farm. The wind started picking up and I looked back at my parents and said, gotta tie the hay bale down in the wind. That's how David died. To this day, no one knows who David is. And I have some news for you, Chachi. Mr. Schrader, <laughs> tell me about your hair. What a way to go. What a suck deal <laughs> old that school. would be. Oh, man. Totally old school. And, and I want to thank you yeah. for using the proper King's English. Your aunt's farm, not your aunt's farm. That's right. Thank you. I grew up in Illinois where I was aunt, but in Minnesota they <laughs> did. They did beat that out of me to aunt now. Good. I didn't believe in ghosts and stuff until this day, but it's fair to say now that I have a slightly more open mind. Our two- to three-year-old daughter was playing on her own, but like she was playing hide-and-seek with an imaginary friend. I asked, are you playing hide-and-seek? And she said, yes. Well, who are you playing with? Uncle Andrew. My wife's brother, Andrew, was seven when he drowned when my wife was five. She never liked to talk about it, so we never mentioned it. Uncle Andrew came Uncle to play. Andrew. Doggies. Again, if they had said, you know, Uncle Steve, and there is no such Uncle Steve, you know, okay, you, you right. move on. But when it, the specificity hits you, all right, you, you've got me believing now, Dave. Here we go. We got four left, Chach. You said when that a moment ago. Yeah, well, I, you know, we're reincarnating more. <laughs> when he was around four, my grandson used to talk about his job at the ice factory. One day he was talking about his boss, Farvo. And the day he quit, I asked him why he quit. And he turned to me and quite passionately said, I'll tell you why I quit. <laughs> they made me work 15 days in a row without a break. And I had enough of that crap. <laughs> it was weird hearing all that righteous anger coming out of just that little boy. Why'd you quit? I'll tell you why I quit. <laughs> oh, man. I hope, I hope there is something on the other side. And that's how this stuff yeah. gets through. Because that is great. It's like when Cliff... You've met my son, Cliff. We've I hung haven't. out in Vegas together. Cliff was little. We had a uh, little, one of those pop-up pup tents, mm -hmm. you know? It was like kid designs of Power Rangers or something. And my mom and I are sitting on the couch in the living room, and the pup tent is there, and we're watching some movie. And he's inside his pup tent watching the movie. And all of a sudden, we hear him go, F this. <laughs> F that. <laughs> F, 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 F. Full word. He's using the full yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. And my mom and I are looking at each other and we're trying to figure out, are we really hearing what we think we're hearing? F, F, F that. And I go, Clifford, what did you say? And there's this great pause. And all of a sudden he goes, not that bad word you think I said. <laughs> <laughs> I think well, he might still say that today, Dave. <laughs> yeah, no, he'll own it today. He owns it. As soon as I could talk about the age of two, I would tell my parents about my moon family cool. and how I had lived with them until I had a bad word and got sent to earth and landed in a bush where my mom. <laughs> oh, this is good. <laughs> where my mom made a salad from the leaves and that's how she had me. <laughs> I would make my mom so mad by telling her that she was doing stuff differently than my moon mama. <laughs> Toss my salad. I, I, I knew I, that's where you were going, so I tried to help dude, you. Here, but, oh, my God. Wow. I was sent to Earth and landed in a bush to be born. Where well, my mom made a salad in the leaves. Yeah, it ain't a lie. That's All for right. sure. All right. Just four, four more to four go. More, yeah, okay, no, yeah. no, this is it. Last two. Okay. 
My daughter would freak out and start crying and screaming while repeating, why, why I got married. I just got married. I got married over and over again with this tone filled with grief that I never heard come out of a child so small. Two and a half is pretty young to be sobbing your heart out. It was a cry that I had only ever heard from adults who have lost the love of their life. Oh, another sad one. Yeah. I was friends with a woman back in the 80s. Um, and she had been married twice. Uh, the first time she was married, while they were at the uh, wedding, at the reception, they were dancing and he collapsed and had a major aneurysm and passed away right there on the dance floor with her. At what age? Uh, she was like 21, 22. He was wow. just a few years older. Okay. She ended up getting married like five or six years later, ended up marrying this guy's best friend. Um, you know, they remained friends for all of this, ended up dating. She said he was one of the greatest guys. And they got married, went to the reception. Everything was fine. They went back to the hotel and the champagne he had ordered was not there. So he said, let me just run out. He ran out to get a bottle of champagne. And about two hours later, there's a knock at her door and it's the police. He had been killed in a car accident on the way back with a bottle of champagne. And she's now been widowed twice and she's not 30. Yeah. 26 years old, Holy dead God. on their wedding day. And she was nowhere near. I mean, she, you know, she had nothing to do with the aneurysm and was nowhere near this poor guy. The right, second right. one, but my heart just broke for her when she would tell these stories. You could just see. And she she told me that probably one of the saddest things I'd ever heard was she said, I'll, I don't think I'll ever love again. I'm afraid I'll kill someone. Wow. And you're just like, oh, no, honey, that's that's not the truth. And she goes, well, would you date me? Uh, that valid question. Very valid. And I'm <laughs> like, I would date you. I don't know if we'd get married. Get married. <laughs> no. You'd be common law. Sure. but uh... oh, Right. No. <laughs> I, I got wow. what she was getting at. I mean, it's it's heartbreaking. And now, how long ago was that? You still friends um, with this person? No, 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 no. Oh, she okay. she went off and moved away. Uh, so I was probably 27, 28 years old. Okay, so she's probably in her 80s now? <laughs> Shut no. up, you jerk. <laughs> All right, our final story is here. When my daughter uh -huh. was four, she looked at me and said, we've been together as long as you've been on this earth but I've been here a lot longer than you. Also, just after my mom passed away, I was having a rough day. She came over to me and said something to the likes of, time moves differently in the afterlife. What is a lifetime for you is really only the blink of an eye for your mom. She had just turned seven when she said this. Where does that come from? Come on. <laughs> Talk I don't about know. prophetic. Yeah. Blink I don't know. Yeah. All right. All right. Our last four are here. No, that was it. Did Craig just We're send done. him in? We're done. Um, this has been a weird time. show, Dave. You've scared the bejesus out of me a couple times. I like that. But why scared? It's just kind of amazing. To me, it shows not oh, that fear, doll. but it's exciting. Oh, yeah. The kid stuff was awesome. The doll is what I'm talking about. Yeah, that is true as well. It's What an amazing bunch of stories. They make you sit back and think. They give you hope that there is something beyond our mortal coil. And that we may get a chance to be friends again, Chachi. And who knows? Maybe we'll get married in another life. Maybe I'll be your father. Maybe you'll be mine. Or so maybe we'll just maybe be. Maybe one of us will call the other one daddy. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> All right. You got to always just take it to the next <laughs> level. And Listen, this has been weird. such a like serious show, right? No, we've yeah. had fun. There's been laughs. 
Scary laughs, though, Dave. <laughs> scary laughs. laughs. Need I remind you, hashtag uh-huh. Scotchy, I think things are going just fine. Listen, one drink is all I was allowed. One drink is all I had. I needed you here. I needed to keep you reined in, but you did great. Thank you. People are very happy about it. I see it in uh, the comments. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag uh, Scotchy. That's the new big one. Uh, yeah, we'll see, yeah. see you guys back here uh, next Wednesday, but I hope we'll see many of you at the Michigan Paracon. I Come hope on so. Up. Get your pictures with uh, Scotchy and me and and the paranormal detective. And, again, keep our, our good friend, the colonel, in your thoughts and prayers. Um, he is working. Am I allowed to say what organization he works with? Do you know? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not okay. any sort of secret government agency. Yeah. He's with the Monarch Agency searching out um, giant kaiju. No, he is with FEMA. And <laughs> he is like, doing what are you talking about? He, he is with FEMA, and yep. he is over in Hawaii uh, dealing with the aftermath of those raging fires. Um, and the devastation that has been left in its wake. So keep the uh, the, the colonel in your thoughts because things are not done yet. Uh, no, and he's, he's going to be there a while. Yeah, yeah, could be there quite a while. So we wish him the very best. And although he is not like at the heart of it, he's he's working behind the scenes still. It's a, a very tough job to do, and he's away from friends and family for could be you know three to six months, maybe yeah. longer, just depending. So keep uh, the colonel in your thoughts. And we know you're watching, Colonel. We love you. Stay safe, my friend. And I would just say, please also keep Greg in your thoughts. I mean, tonight he couldn't get off the sofa to do the show. He had had too much to drink. Um, But hopefully next week, allegedly, Allegedly. hopefully next week at this time, he will have put the bottle down and we can see him next week. All right. As promised, one last time, it's time for Baby Secrets. Can you keep a secret? Then listen to Mattel's new Baby Secret. She whispers just to you, and her lips really move when she talks. It's almost unbelievable. I want to tell you something. Baby Secret tells lots of secrets, so you never know what she'll say next. Only close and whisper. And she looks so real, the way her lips move like yours. She can even pose the way you want. Don't talk so loud. Get Mattel's soft and wonderful new baby secret. So you can have fun keeping secrets together. What kind? If we told, they wouldn't be secrets anymore. I know a secret to you.
traders copy and they all will be directed. He's got protected phrases and some crazy magic tricks. Even Scully cannot save him from the voice of Stevie Nicks. Traders on, traders Wednesday night, don't be alone. The paranormal 60s on. Now one day Dave might even put me on his show. There's a ghost in Mama's basement, man. I live down there, I know. It's Wednesday night, don't be alone. The paranormal 60s on. Traders on. Words is on. 